Lake. We got to keep the Gold Lake staff away from that kombucha. So, <laughs> wow. Man, it is so good to be back uh, here at Gold Lake with you. Uh, I was here in 2020 um, at the non-100 or the 100 non-celebration celebration. And um, it's, been, it's just been a great um, opportunity to come and share God's word uh, with you each time uh, that I've been here. Uh, it's been probably about eight or nine years since our entire family has been here. Um, my wife, uh, Tanya, is with me today. Um, she'll be with me just for today because she has to work tomorrow. Uh, but I think our kids uh, were here probably, yeah, maybe about eight or nine years ago and, um, and had a great time. And this place continues to make an indelible imprint on our lives. So you'll, um, I'll, I'm going to show you uh, my family. Um, that is, um, this is my family. These are individuals who were here about eight or nine years ago. The one in the back, that's Marvin Jr. Uh, he is uh, 25, just had a birthday, and, um, and he, he's a graduate of Moody Bible Institute and is uh, now going to be serving as the Bible teacher for Lansing Christian High School. So he is going to be teaching high school in the fall. Please do not tell him what he has coming for. Uh, uh, he's never taught high school before, and he is, he is so dependent on God right now. It's fun to watch that. Um, so, uh, and then our, the one that's in the front, that's our middle child, Micah, second child, our strong-willed child. Um, he got married last year, and his wife is next to him, Megan, and, um, and we, we didn't think he would ever get married. We, think, we were thinking that nobody would want to marry him because <laughs> he, is so, he was so immature, and as every husband and wife knows, that marriage really does mature you. He is in Detroit right now, and um, he is working for Central Detroit Christian um, it is a um, nonprofit CC, what they call CCDA, where they press the gospel into uh, the neighborhood, literally, mentally, physically, emotionally. Uh, they want to see people come to know Jesus, uh, a holistic ministry. And him and his wife, they are committed to Detroit, and, um, and they have, um, in a couple of weeks, a few weeks uh, from now, they're going to be taking a group of Central City kids to KAA uh, in Missouri, and so we're super, super proud of him. He's in seminary as well at uh, Northern Seminary right outside of Chicago and getting a degree in urban leadership. And then our uh, adopted child, um, you know, he is lighter than everyone else in the, uh, that's Ashton right in the front, and Ashton, um, his mother passed away uh, several years ago suddenly, Dad was not in his life. He is Micah's best friend. And, um, and Ashton, you know, just when he graduated high school, and he did a gap year in Senegal and uh, came back, and he was going to start school, and his mother passed away while he was on a mission trip in, um, in uh, Mexico. And so he came back and said, hey, um, like, do you mind if I live with you all until whatever? I said, well, 
Dude, you've been living here a lot anyway, so, so we'll make it official, all right? And so he is working in a ministry in uh, Lansing called City Life Ministry, and uh, he is super, just, he knows no strangers. He just baptized for the first time 48 people about a month ago uh, as an intern in this ministry, and so, yeah, just super, super proud of him. We just got a text from him. Uh, he is so pressed into the community that there was a situation at a home where the police had to come, and now he has, uh, for a, a short period of time, custody of two small children because they uh, because the the situation at the house. So he is just like like just doing his thing. And then my daughter. Um, right in between Marvin and Megan, that's Michaela. So you got Micah, you got Marvin Jr., Micah, Ashton, and then uh, and Micah and Megan, and then Michaela. And Michaela is, uh, she's in her third year at uh, Wayne State, uh, heavily involved with a crew um, at Wayne State and, um, and Micah's sidekick there in Detroit. She's in Detroit. And um, I think he gets free volunteerism from her. Uh, and he kind of twists her arm a little bit. And, uh, and so Michaela is kind of my mini, uh, my mini me. And, um, and uh, the interesting thing about Michaela is, um, is before we left um, to come up here, um, she, she said, well, what am I going to do? Like, like, like you all, because we're, we're down to one car right now, which is good for gas, um, and she said, so what am I going to do for food? And what am I going to do? I don't have a car. And what, am I, where, what if I want to go someplace? And I said, well, the bike is in the garage. You can do that. So, and, and she looks so sad. Like, like, what am I going to do? She's 20 years old, right? And so, so Tanya is, you know, bleeding hard and just like she went to the store and got her lunch meat and got her lemon poppy seed muffins and did everything uh, to, to make her feel a little bit better. And when we got ready to leave, pulling out of the garage, she's in the doorway and she has this sad look on her face and she's just waving like this. And Tanya is like, like, you know, should I stay? And I'm like, okay, we're going, okay? And so last night we called and she, um, you know, we, we didn't get an answer. And so Tanya's like, should we leave right now to go home? Should we leave to go check, to go check on? I said, I have to speak tomorrow, so I am not leaving right now. So, so we finally got her on the phone and she said, well, I was in the shower, and so, so it was kind of interesting that, that she had that look on her face. Now, before we left, we gave her instructions, hey, empty the dishwasher, and she still hadn't emptied the dishwasher when we called last night. Does that sound familiar, parents? And so um, we gave her instructions, this is what to do, this is what not to do, and, and she knows all of those things, but we felt a need to have to tell her those things. We felt a need to have to assure her and reassure her that you got this. We, we felt a need to, 
to be a little bit concerned, but not so concerned, because we felt like we had done enough to prepare her for a moment. L granted, it's less than 24 hours. <laughs> I wonder if the disciples felt the same way when Jesus got ready to leave. You see, John 14 through 17 is all about Jesus letting the disciples know that I'm about to leave, I'm about to go, everything that I've been telling you is about to happen. I am going to die, and I am going to leave. They were kind of like Michaela in the doorway, kind of waving with this sad look on their face when Jesus got ready to leave. And Jesus, in John chapter 14, he actually, he wants to remind them. He wants to help them to understand. And he's been teaching them, actually through 13 through 17, hey, this is what I want to tell you before I leave. That life is going to get tough. And, and, and you're going to have to forgive. And you're going to have to accept the betrayers, those who betray you. You're, you're going to have to know that I am the way, the truth, and the life. You're, you're going to have to wash one another's feet. You're going to have to learn how to serve one another. You're going to have to stay connected to me, because if you don't stay connected to me, you'll never be able to accomplish all that I've invited you into. And, and, and everything Jesus has been telling them, love one another, serve one another, forgive one another. And then he would come back and say that I'm about to leave. And, and, and then they, they would be distracted all over again. It's like, and, and they would literally forget everything that Jesus had taught them. And they would be concerned about how in the world are we going to make it without you? This is kind of the way it felt last night or yesterday before we left. It was like Michaela was saying, how in the world am I going to make it without you? Granted, sweetie, it's 24 hours. Granted, you got your lemon, lemon poppy seed muffins. There's food in the refrigerator. Literally, we are, like your brothers are in, your brothers are in town. Like, like you can handle this, right? It's kind of felt, it kind of felt that. How in the world are we gonna, am I going to make it without you? mom and dad. And I think the disciples were feeling the same way. And Jesus actually lets them know that my absence will be a necessary blessing to you. My absence will be a necessary blessing for you. In essence, what Jesus is saying, the heartache of my absence will be replaced by the blessing and the assurance of the Holy Spirit's presence. And this is what Jesus wants to teach them. So if you have a copy of the Scriptures, turn with me to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Before we dive into a lot of what Jesus says about, um, about him leaving and about another person coming to empower and sustain and comfort and befriend, he does say something. He says in John chapter 14, verse 15, he says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. 
If you love me, you will keep my commandments. So, see, obedience is a big deal to Jesus. Obedience is a big deal to Jesus. It's important because um, when we obey Jesus, people see God. When we obey Jesus in our marriage and when we obey Jesus with our parents and with our children and when we love in that way and when we obey him in everything he's commanded us, then the world will see that there is a God who exists and he is living in his people. So obedience is a big deal to Jesus. Uh, New, New Testament scholar C.K. Barrett says this, John never allowed love to devolve into a sentiment or emotion. Its expression is always moral and is revealed in obedience. So it's not enough for us to have sentimentality toward Jesus. It's not enough to emote uh, uh, in terms of our, our lives and our commitment to Jesus, it actually involves obeying his commands. Love one another. Serve one another. Wash one another's feet. Now, we, we all know this, that, that, that love has to be expressed. We know way too many individuals who say, I love you, and yet there is not a corollary uh, action behind those words. We know kids who say, Mom and Dad, I love you. I absolutely have Father's Day, Mother's Day just passed, and they, you, know, you get cards and all of this sentimentality, and then you say, you go to their room, and it's looked like, whoa, didn't I tell you to clean your room? Somebody say, amen, amen. <laughs> whoa, okay, I got two claps back there. All right, okay, good. Yeah, we, we know, we know from, from, uh, from married couples, I love you, but then there is a spouse who is unkind and inconsiderate. And so, so we know that love involves some level of action. So just as obedience is a big deal, we know that it's difficult to obey in a world that is resistant to the gospel and to us living for Jesus. And so, how do we keep Jesus' Jesus's commands when he is not present? How do we keep his commands when there are so many obstacles causing us to resist keeping his commands? How do we do it? How, how, do, how do we remain obedient in a world filled with a lot of individuals who claim the name of Jesus who are disobedient? Well, Jesus actually answers. He gives us an answer, and he gives us a lesson on a, a significant part of what it means to be one of his followers. So this is what Jesus says. This is what Jesus says. He says, obedience is a big deal to me. So you're asking the question, how do you obey? And Jesus says, I'm about to leave. So how are we going to make it without you being present, Jesus? And Jesus says this. 
He says, I am going to send you, here's the first point, I am going to send you another of the same kind. I am going to send you another of the same kind. Look at verse 16, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. Obedience is central to following Jesus, but central to following Jesus is the presence and power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. See, this is huge for us because there are so many believers who are languishing in their faith. There are so many believers who are actually living life since a sense of powerlessness. There are individuals who are believers who are trying to do it on their own, who are trying to live for Jesus, the life that Jesus died to give us, and we're trying to do it on our own. We're trying to do it in our own power. And Jesus tells the disciples, hey, you're one wondering how you're going to make it. You're wondering how you're going to obey. You're wondering how you're going to be able to deal with all of the stuff of the world coming your way. Jesus says, I am about to leave, but I am not going to leave you as orphans. I am not going to leave you powerless. I am going to send you another of the same kind, just like me. Just like like me. He says, I'm going to send you another helper. I am going to send you the Holy Spirit. You see, the Greek word translated here is parakletos, and, um, and it's, a, it's, it's a, a good word for comforter and helper. Uh, but when we examine the word, uh, it has a little bit more involved here. It really means someone who is called in. But it's the reason why this person is called in that gives this word its color and its power and its punch. When the Greeks use this word, they use it in a number of ways. One is a person called in to give witness in a law court in someone's favor person who did that, they were called a parakletos. It was also an advocate called in and to plead the cause of someone under charge which would issue a serious penalty. So when someone came in, they were called a parakletos. It was an expert called in to give advice to someone in a difficult situation. That person was called a parakletos. It was also a person called in into a, 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 a company of soldiers who were depressed and dispirited and discouraged, and that person would come in and actually give courage to their minds and to their hearts. It's a person that was actually helping someone be brave when they were losing courage. It actually meant a good friend. And so when Jesus says, you got, you got to get this, when Jesus says, I am going away and I am going to send another helper to come alongside you, he is saying you are going to experience all kinds of issues. In fact, when you follow me, you're going to fail and you're going to sin 
And Satan will accuse you to God saying that, do you see the way they're acting? And you're going to start thinking that maybe I'm not a believer. Maybe I did not trust Jesus for real. Because look at my life, I've sinned and I've done this over and over and over again. And the parakletos comes and says, yes, they're guilty, but the Son of God, the one I point to, his blood has covered their sin. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry, I got to get loud, I got to be quiet, I got I to remember where I am, I got to remember where I am. But this stuff is so good because, because I have been where you are, and there have been plenty of times where the enemy has said, Marvin, you are worthless. Marvin, you are no good. Marvin, you're not a good husband. You're not a good father. You're not even a good Christian, more or less a pastor. And it is the parakletos, it is the Holy Spirit who comes alongside and says, remember at 13 years old, you came to Jesus Christ. He changed your heart and he changed your language and he changed your mind. That was real. It is the parakletos who comes and he reminds us that though my sins name me guilty. It is the blood of Jesus that calls me innocent before holy God. The Paracletos comes and have you ever been discouraged? And have you ever been discouraged in the world in which we live? Have you ever been a soldier who's been dispirited and discouraged and depressed? I know I have. In this last two and a half years, I cannot tell you the number of times and the weight of all that's going on around me. Two and a half years, we, deal, we dealt with the perfect storm at our church. I'm a black pastor in a predominantly white church. And so we had masking and unmasking. We had race, or if you talk about race too much, then something you are, uh, you are an advocate of CRT. And then you had the politics issue. All of this coming at the same time weighed on my shoulders. And I felt like giving up. I felt like getting a job as a plumber. At least, at, at least if I, if, I, if I break a pipe, it's, you know, it's my fault, right? It's, I, it, plumbers are appreciated even more these days, right? And this is the way I felt. I felt like this is, like, like why, why do I have to, why, why this? And it was the parakletos coming alongside me, reminding me at 16 years old that I called you to ministry, not people. I called you to do this work, not people. I called you to Trinity Church, even though God used the people, but I was the one who called you here. And it was in that moment where he infused me with courage. He infused me with encouragement. He infused me with life again. He infused me with a sense of calling and purpose. Jesus says, I'm about to leave. Disciples are at the door saying, don't go. 
And Jesus says, I am going to send you another of the same kind, and he will walk alongside you, encouraging you, blessing you, befriending you. He will do everything that I did when I was physically present. And so Jesus says, I'm going to send another of the same kind. So when I was, um, when I was, um, when our kids were younger, we were teaching them how to, how to ride a bike. And, um, and, and so, you know, again, we, you know, you get on the bike and you got a hand behind the seat and a hand on the steering wheel, just kind of lightly, and you got the training wheels on, and they're, they're riding the training wheels, that's fine. And then the day comes. Everybody knows this day when the training wheels come off. You got a hand by the seat, and you have the hand on the handlebar, and you're walking along. You got this. You're doing a great job. Oh, you're doing amazing. Okay, I'm about to let go. I'm about to let go. Let go. And then they crash. <laughs> and we get back up, right? Get back up, and you can do it. And then all of a sudden, you, you let them go, and then they're, they're riding, and then you're cheering. And I believe it's the same way the paracletos comes alongside us. And we fall down. We mess up. We say those words we didn't want to say. Think those thoughts we don't want to think. And we fall, crash. And the Holy Spirit says, get back up. You can do it. <laughs> Listen, I know it's difficult being a husband these days, but you can do it. And he encourages and inspires. And, and, and he says, you, 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 you can actually be a great wife. You can be a great son, a great daughter. Now, Holy Spirit does that. He is the paracletos. He is the one that comes alongside but Jesus actually says something else even better. He says, this another of the same kind now lives inside. This another of the same kind now lives inside. Look at verse 17. You know him, for he dwells with you. That's the coming alongside and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. One of the most encouraging things is knowing that we are not alone as we walk with Jesus. So for those of you who are followers of Jesus, this is, again, this is basic stuff, but I think it's really, really important stuff. You're a follower of Jesus, genuine follower of Jesus. The Holy Spirit lives inside you. You are, we're in the tabernacle now. Your body right now is the tabernacle, the dwelling place of the Spirit of God. The life of God, the mind of God dwelling in you right now. So the Holy Spirit not only is another of the same kind, just like Jesus, but that another of the same kind lives inside 
to empower us, to encourage us. There are days where I wish I could be face-to-face with Jesus, tell him stuff that's going on in my life, tell him that, you know something, I, I thought I'd be further along in my walk with you by now. Like, um, like why, why am I so disoriented by things that come my way? I wish I could tell him that. And for him to look me in the eyes and say, you know, it's going to be okay. I, I, I wish that I could um, just, just tell him that, man, Jesus, how do you get your kids to empty the dishwasher? Just like, yeah, can you just tell me that? And the logic of our passage is this. The logic of our passage is we do have a face-to-face kind of privilege with Jesus Christ through the presence of the Spirit of God. So if ever you wanted to tell Jesus something face-to-face, you can do it through through your relationship with the Spirit of God. He sends another of the same kind, and that another of the same kind lives inside. I want you to imagine something. I want you to imagine... Um, I want you to imagine that Jesus is in Jerusalem right now. Like, 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 like the real Jesus. He's in Jerusalem right now. Can you imagine the, every, you know, every airplane, every vehicle making its way to the Middle East? In fact, you wouldn't be able to get near. But perchance, you, you're able to get close to him, a shouting distance away from him. There is no way that you and I would ever be able to get up close enough to say, would you heal the cancer? Would you fix my marriage? Would you give me courage to talk about Jesus to a lost world? The logic of our passage is this, that it was, a, it was a necessary blessing for Jesus to go physically because now we are not limited by physical geography. The Spirit of God is living inside of every single one of you right now. And that takes care of the physical limitations that Jesus had on earth. He is physically right now the right hand of the Father. He sent the Spirit so that when you and I are dealing with all of our stuff, we can call on him right now. We can ask him to change my mind right now. We can ask him to control, and here I'm offering my hands. We can ask him right now, right now, this moment, you can experience the abundant life that Jesus offered through the Spirit of God. I think sometimes we miss all that God has for us because I think we miss this wonderful privilege and gift that God has given us through the Spirit. So, so Jesus says, I'm going to send you another of the same kind, 
and this another of the same kind now lives inside. But Jesus says a third thing that I think is super, super important. He lives inside, this another of the same kind lives inside so that he might guide. So he's going to send another of the same kind to us. This another of the same kind is living inside of us. And he lives inside, he lives inside in order to guide us. Listen to what the text says says he is the, verse 17, he is the Holy Spirit who leads in all truth. The world cannot receive him because it, 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 it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. And this is John 16, verse 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth and he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will declare to you the things that are to come. So the Spirit of God lives, Holy Spirit lives inside of every individual who is named the name of Christ. And he lives inside in order to guide us, to guide us into all truth about God, all truth about Jesus, all truth about the mission that Jesus has sent us on, all truth about ourselves. And his, his job right now, we have an internal GPS system that leads us not only truth about God or truth about how to be a better husband, how to be a better wife, how to be a better teenager, how to respond in relationship to others. He guides us, and he guides us through the power of his word. So um, a, a couple of weeks ago, uh, this is June, so a couple of weeks ago, uh, my son, oldest son, had a, had a birthday. So typically in our family, we do like super, super big birthdays, and it's like, you know, gifts, and uh, we speak words of life into our kids um, for their birthdays. And uh, we do a big meal, and so Marvin Jr. was turning 25, and um, quarter of a century, we're like, like we're going to do it up. So I went out and got, I got porterhouse steaks, I got T-bones, I got New York strips, like, okay, if you're vegetarian, please forgive me, I'm just saying, that's just, just, we, babe, you know, the potatoes, the asparagus, we, like, literally, we just, like, we're, I'm, I've marinated this, this meat, and it's gonna, like, fall off the bone, and so tender, and, wow, just, I'm thinking about it now, so, <laughs> wow, um, so, so, so I'm marinating the meat overnight. So he calls me on his birthday, 10.30 in the morning, and says, Dad, uh, he, was, he, was, he was afraid to call me because he said, Dad, um, I'm just, I'm wondering if we can celebrate my birthday tomorrow. And I didn't say anything because at this point, like I'm feeling some type of way right now, right? I said, well, passive-aggressively, I said, you can do whatever you want to. It's, you're like, no, it's okay. And I said, like, like what's going on? He said, well, I, I want to go to this worship thing in Grand Rapids. 
I said, worship thing in my mind. I'm a worship thing. Do you know I have made these, I'm marinating these steaks, and you want to go worship God someplace? It's, you know, it's not like he was going to the club or anything. He's going to worship God, right? And I'm feeling some type of way about my son going to worship God. And so I'm, I'm, I'm feeling some type of way. I'm getting a little bit angry because he's like, do you know the trouble that I've done? So I said, passive aggressively, I said, well, you're going to have to tell everybody in the family chat, you tell them that you're not coming to your birthday. <laughs> I am one of those, those dads, right? So I'm, I come down the stairs, Tanya's working, and, and I'm like, I'm huffing and puffing, you know? I'm like, I said, do, do you know what Marvin just said? He he wants to go to a worship thing and not come to birth, his birthday party tonight, his birthday dinner tonight. And she said, but it's his birthday. <laughs> Husbands, you know your, your, the Holy Spirit sounds like your wife off an awful lot. <laughs> and I, and I, I was like, like, you're supposed to be on my side. <laughs> And so I go back up to the room, and I, I began praying. And, um, and my devotion that morning was Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 23. Where the Holy Spirit is saying, hey, listen, don't get involved in the works of the flesh, but let the Spirit produce the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. And as I prayed, the Holy Spirit spoke to me to guide me, to guide me through his word to a solution. So I responded. I told Marvin, I said, hey, listen, text him back. Say, listen, it's okay. And I was genuine. It, was, it wasn't passive aggressive this time. It's okay. Go to Grand Rapids. Enjoy the worship of God with your friends. But know this, that in honor of your birthday, we will eat your steaks. <laughs> so then, then he, he said, well, I, I have a solution. What if I did this? Because if he wasn't coming, then my other son, Micah, from Detroit wasn't coming. And so it's like, wow, you know, this is kind of messed up. And so he said, what if I did this, Dad? What if I came over at uh, 1.30 and then left at 5.30 and can we see if other, the rest of the family can come? And so Micah and Ashton said, hey, we'll be there at 4.30. Chaos averted. We had a great time and, and I think the Holy Spirit saved my heart in the process. And that's the way he works. He guides us. And the last point, he reminds us. He, he not, he, Jesus sends another of the same kind to live inside. He lives inside to guide us. And in guiding us, he reminds us. Chapter 14, verse 26, he says, He will bring all things to our remembrance. So, the Holy Spirit is the gift from God. It says, if you ever wondered how you would make it without Jesus, 
Jesus says you can do it. Why? Because I've given you another of the same kind, just like me. And he will comfort, he will encourage, he will befriend, he will give you courage when you're discouraged. He will remind you that you are a son and daughter of God. And where there are geographical limitations where Jesus had it, no longer a problem. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, another of the same kind, lives inside. And he lives inside to guide us. And in living inside of us to guide us, while he's guiding us, he's reminding us of everything that Jesus has said. So I want to I want to close I want to close with this. I want you to stand. And um, and I want you to I want you to I want you to repeat after me. Um, and I want you to add a motion to it. So I want you to put your hand on your temples or your heads like this and repeat after me, Holy Spirit, I offer you my mind. Help me to fill it with Jesus' words so I can remember what he said. And then I want you to put your hands on your eyes. And I want you to repeat after me. Holy Spirit, I offer you my eyes. Help me to see people as image bearers, deserving dignity, honor, and respect. And then I want you to put your uh, your hand on your mouth or your tongue. And some of us may need to keep it there a long, long time. And say, Holy Spirit, I offer you my mouth. Help me to speak words of healing, comfort, and encouragement. And then I want you to put your hands on your ears. Say, Holy Spirit, I offer you my ears. Help me to listen for the needs of those around me. And then I want you to put your hands, uh, I want you to actually hold your hands out like this. Say, Holy Spirit, I offer you my hands. Help me to help those, those in need. And then I want you to put your hand over your heart. Say, Holy Spirit, I offer you my heart. Help me to love God and people without conditions. And then lastly, Holy Spirit, or actually, put your hands on your, your legs or if you, if you go down far enough, I hope you can get back up and uh, like on your thighs and say, Holy Spirit, I offer you my feet. Help me to go where I can share my life with others. Those who, need, those who don't know Jesus and those who already know Jesus. Let me pray for us. So, Father, thank you for sending us another of the same kind as your son. He's another of the same kind. 
Jesus befriending us, loving us, encouraging us. It's another of the same kind that actually now lives inside of us. We can drive with him. We can nurse babies with him inside. We can walk in classroom and boardroom meetings with him inside. We can, we can go into hospital rooms and lay in hospital beds with him inside of us. He's there to guide us to all truth about you, all truth about ourselves, all truth about the world and, and the way we interpret it. And he's given us the word to be able to do that. He not only guides us, but he reminds us of everything your son said. So may we, every day of our lives, take advantage of you, Holy Spirit, the gift from the Father to live this life empowered by you so that we may carry out the mission that you've given us. Thank you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.